Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. I want to pray because the devil's a liar, amen? Lord, I pray over this word. I ask that you to rest our minds, open our hearts. Lord, we've had praise and worship that we hope and glorified your name and lifted you up. And Lord, now we ask that you'd speak to us. This is not my word. These are not my words. These are not my thoughts. God, everything I'm going to say is your word written, Father. And we're just preaching it so that our lives can be changed, so our, our families can be saved, God, so we can know what's coming upon this world. We bind every spirit of demonic activity, every lie of the devil, every strategy of tiredness or, or mind wandering or, or offensiveness or anger or anything. We just loose the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God upon your word this morning. Bring fruit from it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody shouted, Amen. Amen. Matthew 24, if you've got your Bibles, I'm going to put the, the title up right away. I want to talk this morning about pre- tribulation signs, pre-tribulation signs. Just to give a little bit of a groundwork for this, where we're going this morning, uh, there are maybe people here today that have never been in church before. There's people who have been not been in church for a while. Maybe you've been in church a long time. So there's always uh, place, people that are kind of uh, can be lost a little bit on what a message is talking about, and I don't ever want that to happen. I'm going to make it as simple as I can, and then I'm going to preach God's word as it is to teach you on this. But what I want you to understand, whether you believe it or not, okay, I have a bumper sticker that David Tyru gave me on my truck that says, Jesus is Lord, whether you believe it or not. I'm going to believe that this morning. He's Lord, whether the people believe it or not. God's word is true, whether the people believe it or not. Amen. So I want to ask you this morning to pay attention. I want to ask to have the least movement possible, people not getting up and moving around so that the devil does not get his way in distracting us. Amen? Whatever it is you're dealing with will be there when you get done with service. So what's going to happen very soon, and I literally believe from 30 years of being saved, could be any minute, is Jesus is going to come back for his church. That was a weak amen. We should be a little more excited about that. I'm going to give you a second chance. Jesus is coming back for his church. All right. At any moment, okay? We're going to get into that a little bit later. But inside of that, what's going to happen, the Bible predicts, is a time that is not exciting. A time of trouble is coming on the earth, and it's called the tribulation. And it's going to be a period of seven years. And I didn't write the book, so don't be mad at me. I'm just the messenger. But it's coming. And let me know when something's coming, we should warn people about it. And so part of this is we're, we're going to warn people, and another part is we need to make sure we're ready. And so when the sign is telling you and a curve is coming on a street, you're going down a freeway at 70 miles an hour, and you need to slow down to 55 or 50, those signs begin to tell you a curve is coming. You can decide you don't want to listen to the signs, and you can just keep going straight, and you can go off the road and wreck and possibly die, or you can slow down and pay attention and follow the curves and follow the signs and stay on the road. The Bible tells us a lot of signs that are also used in the Bible as examples of labor pains. Both of my daughters are pregnant right now with my two future grandchildren. I'm so excited about, amen, to have two more. And they're both, at one, Kristen is closer. She's just a few weeks away. 
Uh, but when a, when a woman begins to have a birth pains, she knows the date is given. That baby can come before, that baby can come after, but that baby's going to come soon when those birth pains begin to speed up and every woman in here is nodding their head and understands exactly what I'm saying. Amen? That's what's happening right now in our world. We are seeing birth pains like never before. I'm going to show you some things this morning that are signs. But I just want you to have an understanding as I begin to talk about this. What I'm trying to say is that at any moment Jesus can come back for his church. We should be watching and looking for him. And before, when he comes, this tribulation is going to start. So the signs that we're seeing are telling us how close we are to Jesus coming back. This has always been something the church has looked for. If you start in Matthew 24, verse 3, I want you to look at what Jesus says. They came and asked him, Jesus, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, disciples came and privately said, Lord, would you tell us when these things are going to be? So here's the interesting thing about the Bible. The church for 2,000 years has always been looking for the return of Jesus. It's one of the most amazing things to me about the Bible is that it was just as relative 2,000 years ago as it is today. It's as relative today as it was 2,000 years ago. Does that make sense? It's what makes it so amazing. It makes it living. This is not an antiquated historical book. This is God's living word. And so he is, he is, the churches, every generation has said, this is it. Jesus is coming. This is it. Jesus is coming as we are today. But I'm going to show you some things that show us that we truly are in those birth pains of the very, very imminent, quick return of Christ. So they said, tell us when these things will be. What will be some signs, there's your word, of the coming of the end of the age? Now, this is important to, to mention. How many have heard people say with global warming and all these different things? And listen, I sometimes want to throw in that I believe in global warming because this seems to be the most hellish, hottest summer I've ever felt. But I just feel like it's like that every summer because I hate summer anyways, okay? But I know I don't believe in global warming, but sometimes you, you wonder, okay? But this earth, believe it or not, is going to be here for at least another thousand years. The earth's not going anywhere. So don't listen to all those people that say that the earth's going to you know, destroy. We, got, we, have, we have to take care of it. That's obvious. But what is coming to an end is the age. The age of the church. The age of the, the Bible and the age of this earth as we know it. Okay, There's going to be a new uh, living, a new, a new future and all that. That's another message. And by the way, there's about 25 messages in this message. So I have to be careful not to preach a message on every point because I can and I want to, but I don't have time. That's another message. But he says to the end of the age, what he's talking about is when he would return. Okay, next verse. And Jesus said, take heed that no one deceive you. Deceive is a very important word in this message, that no one deceive you. Many will come in my name saying I'm the Christ and I will, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars that you are, see that you're not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For a nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines, pestilences, earthquakes. Don't, mess, don't move on yet. This is an example. Earthquakes, famines, and pestilences have always happened. They're happening more frequently. There, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand what happened two years ago in COVID. That was a rehearsal for what I'm talking about this morning. COVID was a, gov a, a, a government, can be said, COVID was a worldwide rehearsal for the tribulation. Does anybody in here believe that and understand that? Understand that that's what happened? It was a practice to see how much they could control the world. They realized they can. They know they can. They did. Anybody can try to argue with that? No, they didn't. Yes, they did. Everybody was locked down in the entire world for several months, and there was a test. Okay? 
And so those things have always existed, but we've never had what's happening now. I mean, you look at the fires in Maui, and I mean, I'm not even going to take the time to go into all the details. You're watching the news as well. But the birth pains are happening more and more. And so he says, these things are going to happen. Next verse. And then he says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. And obviously, when you see those things more frequently, more frequently, more frequently, you're getting closer and closer and closer. Next verse. That's it, huh? Um, 21. Sorry, I don't think I read this in the first service, by the way. Yeah, I did. There is the next verse. For then, so Jesus passes some verses here and gets to this point, and this is what I want you to see. He says, for then will be great tribulation. This is important. We have tribulation today. We have things, people are, people are being killed for their faith today, right now, while we're sitting here on this earth alive. People are being burned alive, murdered for their faith all over the world and have been. But there's coming a period Literal period, if you have a watch, look at your watch, tap it, that means time. Literal period of seven years, 84 months. Not a metaphorical seven years, a real seven-year period of exactly 84 months. God is a God of numbers. He's a God of order, okay? So this is all coming, this is all going to happen. And he says, this is a time, and this, is, this should put a little, well, not a little, a lot of fear in us. Holy fear. We have to be understanding that a time is coming in a seven-year period. that We're not going to be here before, by the way. Let me just throw a little disclaimer in. A believer will not be here for this. Okay? So that should give you some peace. If you're not living right, you should be a little on your edge of your seat. Okay? And you should pay attention. If you're living right and you love the Lord and you believe in Jesus Christ, you believe he died on the cross for your sins, you believe he rose from the dead, this is not for us. But if you don't believe and your loved ones and your family members and your, and your neighbors, this is what's coming. He says, Jesus, his word says, such has not been since the beginning of the world until this time and will never be again. Think of Noah's flood that destroyed the earth. Think of Sodom and Gomorrah. Think of the destructions that we've seen in our, in, our, in our history of our world. And Jesus says there's coming a time that has never even gotten close, nor will there ever be again. And you need to, not right now, today, this week, you need to read Revelations. Unfortunately, a lot of people are afraid to, you can take that down, thank you, to read Revelations. And I understand that. Revelations can be, overwhelming, it can be scary, it can be hard to understand, but one of the reasons we don't understand is because we don't read the whole book. When you read the book from Genesis to Revelation, Revelation comes alive. How many read a book and don't ever read the last chapter? Nobody. So why don't we read the last book of the Bible? It's the most important book. And it's futuristic, it's prophetic, it's speaking to the future. So I think a lot of times, and I say this a lot of times, if the world sees something a certain way, Christians should pay attention. How many have ever heard people say, and someone might say if they were not a believer today, you might be here and say, oh, that sound's like a doom and gloom message. Everybody ever, anybody ever heard that? They preach that doom and gloom message over there. Well, again, for anybody who's a believer, it's not doom and gloom. But for someone who doesn't believe, it is. But let me tell you something. The world, the secular world and its scientists, have something called, and some of you will know this and some of you won't, a doomsday clock. Raise your hand if you knew there was a doomsday clock. You might know it because you've heard me preach a message on it. So about half of you have never heard of a doomsday clock. Here's an interesting thing about the doomsday clock. It was invented by scientists, 
and they base the clock on at some point our world that we live in, nothing to do with God, is going to get to midnight, and at midnight the world will be destroyed by nuclear weapons. That's what the doomsday clock is. And so the world itself understands that we're in the last days. Look at the movies that have come out. Listen to the way people talk. People are, they don't know what it is, but they're uneasy. They don't understand what's going on. These are pre-tribulation signs. Have you ever known something bad was about to happen and you got that feeling something's off, something's wrong? That's what the world's feeling right now. They just don't know what it is. But guess what? We get to tell them. So these signs are happening, and listen to what the doomsday clock says. How many know that Israel became the nation in 1948? How many know that here? Come to this church, you should know that. That was 75 years ago. Interestingly enough, the doomsday clock was made the same year Israel became a nation. Not by chance. Here's what the people from the doomsday clock said. It's gone back and forth from between 10 minutes to midnight to all the way to during COVID, they moved it to two minutes to midnight. Doomsday clock that the world will end. This year, in 2023 in January, they moved the doomsday clock. You can go, don't do it now, please, but you can go see all this if you don't believe me. They moved the clock to 90 seconds to midnight. So we're 30 seconds closer, according to the world, to the midnight than we were during COVID. Okay? How many think that's something interesting? Never in the history of our world, I want you to think about something else, has one person dominated the whole world. Correct? Dominated the entire world. One person. Not a government, one person. We've had Napoleon. We've had Genghis Khan. We've had Alexander the Great. We've had Hitler. We've had Stalin. You think of some of these people you remember from history that tried to conquer the world and got very close but never did. Biblically and prophetically, the Bible tells us that in the tribulation, one man will control the whole world for the first time and the only time in history before Jesus comes. Okay, back to the earth. Do you believe that this morning? I'm going to show you in the word that this is the truth. Now, let's look at Daniel chapter 8. It's going to get good. Watch this. Daniel chapter 8. This is a 2,700-year-old book. And this man, this man Daniel, lots of prophecies in Revelation. If you, don't read, if you don't read Daniel with Revelation, if you don't read Zechariah, if you don't read Ezekiel, if you don't read Isaiah, you're not going to understand Revelation. When you read those things, they, co- they coexist. Remember, the Old Testament is the what? Old Testament is the what? Come on, help me out. New Testament revealed, and the New Testament is the Old. No, you said it backwards. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed the old testament is the new testament concealed okay they work hand in hand so back in daniel he's prophesying of the tribulation time coming he's prophesying of this seven year period i'm telling you about and watch what he says at the end of their rule that's the world when their sin is at its height a fierce king a master of intrigue will rise to power he will become very strong watch this not by his own power. I believe that the Antichrist, this is who I'm talking about, and we're going to read it in a second, the man, one man, okay, not a government, one person, is going to come into power overnight, and he is going to be physically embodied by Satan. 
Remember that Satan cannot originate anything by himself. He can only copy. Jesus came down to the earth to save humanity by becoming a man and living fully God inside of a human body. But he went to the cross to die for our sins and give us eternal life. Satan has always been a copier and a destroyer. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's going to come down and embody a man to try to take over the world, and he thinks just like he thought when he put Jesus in the tomb that he was going to win, but the devil never wins. The devil always loses. Jesus always wins. We have, as the song said today, we know what the, what the, how the story ends. They did not know I was going to preach this when they picked that song. I was over there worshiping, thinking, man, this is a good lead into this message. We know how the story ends. But this man is going to rise to power, and it says he'll be very strong, not his own power. He will cause a shocking amount of destruction and succeed in everything he does. He will destroy powerful leaders. You think of the powerful world leaders today? They'll be destroyed by this man. And devastate the holy people. Who's the holy people? No. It's okay if you thought that. Israel. It's okay, though. Don't feel bad. We're holy, yes. But this is part of the one thing that I want to teach you. When you know the Bible, you understand that when we're reading Daniel to Revelation, we're not here. We're not on this earth. The rapture's already happened. That's why it's called the blessed hope. Okay? Why are we reading it then, Pastor? Why are we talking about it? Because it's an event that's going to happen, and we need to warn our family members. We need to tell our family members, this is coming. Okay? So that's why they're called pre-tribulation signs. Watch. It's coming. This, this, is, this book of prophecy was written so we would use it as an instrument. So it says he will be a master of deception. He will become arrogant. He will destroy many without warning. He will even take on, look at this, the prince of princes. That's Jesus in battle, but he will be broken. You guys didn't catch it over here, but he will be broken. The Antichrist will be broken, amen? He thinks he's going to win again, and just like the cross and the grave broke him, he will be broken, but not by human power. I like that on the New Living Translation, because it will be by the power of Jesus, okay? That will be, if you know your Bible, that will be at the end of the tribulation when Jesus comes back with us and we come to take over this earth and rule and reign and he defeats the Antichrist in the, what's called the Battle of Armageddon in a place called Megiddo and he destroys the Antichrist, destroys all the enemies and takes this world over once and for all the way he always intended it and we're going to go back to like it was in the, almost in the Garden of Eden for us as believers. Okay? Tell the person next to you, if you believe in Jesus, you're going to live a long time. Amen? Praise God. How many still here? Think about the world today. The world is ripe for an antichrist. They don't want Jesus. They're ripe for somebody to come on this earth and bring peace. Everybody wants peace. The antichrist will bring peace for the first time ever. 
We can't get the, the Jews and the Palestinians to get on the same page over there. We can't stop war. And you know, right now, there's no major, besides Ukraine and Russia, which is pretty major, but major world, there's world wars all over the place, but there's nuclear weapons just sitting there waiting to destroy. That's why the doomsday clock exists. Mass destruction. Any, any moment, these things can happen. Now, let me, t- let me teach you some interesting things. There are some major religions in this world, and by the way, we don't consider ourselves a religion. We consider ourselves children of God who believe in the Bible. Amen? We're not a religion. We're, we're God's children. That's very important. But there's a lot of religions. One of the major religions in the world is Islam. Over a billion believers. I don't know the latest numbers. It's probably higher than that. Another major religion is Catholicism. I know that sounds weird. Yes, Catholicism, over a billion believers worldwide. Then you have the Jewish nation, which is God's chosen people. Those are the three major, then Hinduism comes behind that, but those are the major religions. Here's an interesting thing. Every book that's ever been written, Hinduism, Islam, any other books that have been added to the Bible, came after the Bible. Okay? For example, the, the Quran which I have read a lot of and studied a lot on, was written 700 years after the Bible. So what's going to happen in the tribulation is people who don't read the Bible and don't believe the Bible are going to get what they want. They didn't want Jesus. They rejected Jesus just like the Jews did. And so they're going to be, as you read there many times in Daniel, deceived. Here's an interesting thing. The Islamic belief believes from the Quran in those words that there is coming a Messiah to forth for Islam that will reign on this earth for seven years. Isn't that interesting? So right now, today, as we are, this is very careful, very important. If you've got to miss, miss, don't miss this. Right now, as I, I can't speak for you, but we are looking for Jesus to come back to take us to heaven. Okay? Not to be on this earth, to take us to heaven. That's why he said, be careful if they say there's Jesus over there, is Jesus over there. You will not see Jesus on this earth. We will see Jesus in the air, and we will go up to meet him in the air. That's how we know that's Jesus. Okay? So we're looking for a hole in the sky. We're looking for the rapture of the church, which is the greatest event that's ever going to happen in the world. It's going to be the greatest roller coaster ride in the world. It's going to be the greatest Disney ride in the world. It's going to be the most amazing event ever, and we're going to get to be a part of it. Gravity is not going to hold us down anymore. It's going to be lifted, and we're going to go in the air and go be with Jesus. So while we're looking for that, the entire Muslim religion, the entire Jewish religion, and the entire, I know this sounds crazy, ask me later, Catholicism, that entire religion, are looking for something else. They're looking for a Messiah to come on this earth, just like they did the first time Jesus came, but they missed him because they were looking for a king, and he came to die. That's why we have to read our Bibles. So right now, believe it or not, the whole world's looking up. But the problem is, those that don't believe in Jesus are not going to get the Messiah. They're going to get the Antichrist. And even the Muslims are looking for someone to rule and reign for seven years. The interesting thing is he won't even make it seven years because he'll, he'll lose his power halfway through because of his pride. How many are still here? By the way, I'm going to give you another bit of information. Sometimes when you hear information and you don't read your Bible, you're wasting your time. For example, if you're watching a video, and I, be, I would warn you to be careful what you watch, and you're listening to someone, uh, I, this is the Antichrist, and they're putting uh, Bill Clinton or Barack Obama or Donald Trump or Elon Musk or somebody from America there, 
don't waste your time on the video. Because the Antichrist isn't coming from the United States. Is that, is that a good teaching moment there? It's like we're not even in the right playing field. The Antichrist is going to come from Assyria. And that area, which is this part. Like I can't tell you the exact city, but it's northern Iraq, southeastern Turkey, northwestern Iran, southeastern Syria. That area right there is where the Bible says the, the uh, Antichrist will rise from. Okay? And he will rise overnight. He's probably not known right now. He could be, but he's probably not. Because he's going to come on the scene out of nowhere, and people are going to be blown away by him. I kind of gave the example this morning. I just mentioned him. Someone like Elon Musk, Bill Gates, some of these people who, like Elon Musk made money overnight. Like he, the stuff he did was like instant billionaire, and then he made the, the Tesla. And all. I'm not trying to get the timeline right on, but you get what I'm saying. Elon Musk is good with his words. Someone like that, it's not Elon Musk, but someone like that who has persuasive power, but never seen before on this earth, because how many know that Satan himself is the greatest deceiver who's ever lived? He caused Adam and Eve to fall. And when he did, he was, he was dressed as a snake. He didn't even have to dress like a person. He got him as a snake. So he's going to come again. He's going to deceive people again. And so we got to understand that when he comes, he's going to come on this earth, and he's going to bring a peace that no one's ever been able to have. He's going to get a peace agreement. The tribulation will start after the rapture. And when the, when the, when the uh, Antichrist makes a, a peace treaty, with Israel and the Palestinians to build the temple on the, on the Temple Mount where there's a mosque right now. They'll be like, wow, how did this guy do this? Okay, now let's go to Revelations 13. And I'm going to read really quickly through this and try not to stop too much, but I want to explain a few things as I go along. Tell the person next to you, pay attention. Verse, verse 1. Now, real quick before I read this, I can read it fast because I'm going to explain something that's important to help you with Bible prophecy. If you read this and you don't understand when it's literal and when it's not, what it's talking about and what it's not from other books, you can get, you can get confused. Okay? You have to understand, and I'll explain it as I go, that John wrote this book on the island of Patmos. He was, in a, he was all by himself, and he, Jesus revealed himself to him. He was the only disciple that didn't die. All the other ones were martyred. And he's receiving this download from Jesus. And you have to understand, he's explaining it in his words by how he sees it for something that's going to happen 2,000 years in the future. Imagine if I tried to tell you right now to explain something. I'm not even going to say a word, but if I said something, you know, let's just say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I want you to explain supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Okay? Try explaining that. You don't even know what it is, but you're seeing it. Okay? Let's say you're seeing it, but you don't know what it is. He's trying to explain what he's seeing, and so sometimes those things can be confusing, but it's not as confusing as it seems if you read the other books, okay? So he says, I stood on the sand of the sea, I saw a beast. Beast, you think beast, you think, it's, he saw that as a dangerous person, but he's not dangerous in the sense of, of a beast that would scare you. He's dangerous, but he's going to be deceiving, okay? So he says beast. And it says, rising up out of the sea, that means of a, out of a multitude of people, having seven heads and ten horns. The ten horns signifies ten nations. Right now in the United Nations, I think there's 120 nations, 122. During the tribulation, there will be ten, there will be a confederation of ten nations. I don't have time to go into what those nations are. Ten specific nations that are in the Bible. Okay? Those nations are already written down. And then it says, and on his heads, a blasphemous name. 
Okay, so he is the Antichrist. Now the beast, the Antichrist, which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. Again, scary, dangerous, ferocious, mean. Doesn't mean he's going to look like a lion or a leopard or a bear. And his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon, who's the dragon? Somebody shout out who the dragon is. Satan gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. Someone said a good point between services that's, that's powerful to think about. Satan, it's, nothing even Satan has is his. You know, why go with him? Go with the one who created everything. If you're below God, you're a fool. Go with God. He created everything. It's like worshiping this thing right here. A man made this. How about worshiping the one who made the man who made this? Right? So even the, the power that the Antichrist comes is from Satan, but it's from God. And he said, saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. This has a two-point meaning. One is, many say that this is the Assyrian, or sorry, the Roman Empire revived, okay, which has been the strongest, greatest uh, country ever, or empire. That's revived. That's a part truth of it. And also, I believe literally the Antichrist will have a gun wound to his head. Remember when JFK was assassinated? That was on TV. I believe that he will be tried to be killed and he will come back to life. It will be a sign that will deceive people. Because what did Jesus do? Jesus came to die on the cross for our sins. And he resurrected for our sins to be forgiven. And, to, and, and, and for our salvation, Satan's going to do it to deceive people. Okay? So it says, and the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshipped the dragon. I want you to stay, pay attention as I go through this. So now, wow, wow, this guy's amazing. He's brought peace to the Middle East. He's been killed and he's back alive again. This has got to be the Messiah. This has got to be the Mahdi. This has got to be the person we've been waiting for. This is him. He's doing all these miracles. The world is worshiping him. The world is in awe of him. Who is like the beast? Who's able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. How do we know if it's not of God? It's blasphemy. How do we know if it's blasphemy? It's not in the Bible. And he was given authority to continue for how many months? 42 is half of 84. So he has power for the first three and a half years. And then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle. And what happens, if you know the Bible, is right in the middle of the seven-year period, he goes to the temple and stands in the synagogue of the Jews and says, I am God. And that is when all hell breaks loose on this earth. When God says, no mas. That's the last draw. And the Bible tells us the second half of the tribulation is wrath. Wrath. I don't, that's a whole nother message. Wrath. Some of you right now are going, oh, if God's so loving, he's a God of love, why would he have wrath? Well, how come every time you see a kid get abused or a kid raped, you go, God, when are you going to do something about that? Don't we do that? Yeah, we do. Well, God's going to do something about it. 
that last three and a half years of tribulation, God's going to do something about all these pedophiles, all these wicked people, all these liars, all these thieves, all these blasphemous people. He's going to make them pay. But he's given them all this time. He even gives them the first three and a half years to repent. But when it gets to that middle, and that Antichrist says, I'm God, that's it. Okay? Watch. Stay with me. Then it was granted to him to make war with the saints. This is another place so many Christians miss it. The saints is not the church. The saints are the tribulation saints, Christians who are going to become Christians during the tribulation. Let me tell you why. If you've read the book of Revelation, you start off with Jesus. Remember, the whole thing's from Jesus, okay? You start off in 1, 2, and 3. You see church, 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 church. He's talking to seven churches. He says church over and over, over and over, over and over, because that's us. It was the seven churches then, and it's symbolic of us today. Get your, get your life right. Keep oil in your lamp. Turn from your wickedness. Don't be lukewarm. Go read those things. Go read them. And then chapter 4, John has this vision, and he looks up, and he sees a hole in the sky, which we're looking for, and God calls him up. That's the, that's the symbol of the rapture. John goes up into heaven. Chapter 5 is talking about all of us being there. And then chapter 6 to chapter 18 is 12 chapters. There is no mention of the church again. Why? Because the church is not here. The church is at the Bema seat. That's another message. Waiting for the reward for what we've done on this earth. Part of that being ready for the rapture. But we are in heaven. We are the bride that is in heaven protected from the wrath of God on this earth while all hell is breaking loose for seven years. Comfort each other with those words. We're getting out of here. We're leaving. God has a plan for us. Because say never. Say it again. Say never ever. One more time. Never ever ever. Has God ever poured his wrath out on his kids never we cannot be here during the tribulation when god is pouring his wrath out god is not a liar so we're gone and if you don't want to go stay here but i'm going because jesus said i could and you don't want to be here i can't even explain to you the book of revelation can't even explain to you what this is going to look like Take the most fearful, worst day in the history of our world, and that's a barbecue picnic compared to what's coming on this earth. COVID was nothing, nothing, nothing. And now we're going to see that. They're worshiping this antichrist, which God is saying, okay, you don't want to believe in me? Go ahead. Go ahead. That's what you want. God will give you what you want. Be careful what you ask for. So now he says, it was granted for him to make war with the saints. That's the tribulation saints. That's people who were maybe not ready for the rapture, playing church, not taking things serious, or just non-believers. Okay? And he says, over, uh, authority was given over him, every tribe, every tongue, every nation. The whole world domination. domination. And all who dwell on the earth. Now watch this. This is how that kind of starts to twist. Now, before they were worshiping, it seemed because they wanted to. Now it's going to start to turn, and now they're going to worship him because he makes them. Whose names, it says, all will worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb. That's why when you hear me at the end of a prayer, Lord, write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Slain from the foundation of the world. Keep reading. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. 
is pay attention. He who leads captivity shall go into captivity. Who kills with the sword will be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the tribulation saints. Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. This is the false prophet. The Antichrist will not be a religious person. That's what's interesting. The Antichrist will be a person of power and influence, but they will worship him. And as I said, many religions will think he's the Messiah, but he won't even be a spiritual person because the person who's going to be spiritual is the false prophet. The false prophet here is the other beast, and he says he has two horns like a lamb and speaks like a dragon. In other words, sheep in wolf's clothing. He is going to come, watch this, and exercise authority over the first beast and in his presence. And watch this. Now here's where things begin to change. Cause the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the beast. I have a personal opinion. You don't have to agree with it. But I believe, and it's not because I want to believe it. I just believe from all the years of studying the Bible. I believe the Pope and the Islamic religion together will come together and they will enforce this. The Pope has the power. The Pope has the influence over the world. If you don't believe that, let me take you back a few years ago when the Pope came to the United States and people were on their knees kissing his hands. Okay, if you don't believe that. And the Islamic religion, from their own book, has the power to enforce it. Okay? So there's going to be a change where now, if you're not part of this system, then you have to die. Everybody still here? So he says, I'm going to make, it says, to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Keep going. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. He deceives, there's the key, he deceives those who dwell on the earth by the signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. That's the Antichrist. And he was granted power. Ain't nobody going to have that power over me. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to what? See, Jesus, let me tell you the difference between the Antichrist and Jesus. Well, one of the many. Jesus came to this earth as a humble man, and went to the cross as a lamb to the slaughter and said, I'm dying for you, and he who believes in me, though he were dead, he shall live. And he died on the cross, and he said, whoever follows me can go to heaven, including the thief on the cross. Satan makes people worship him. Do you understand the difference? It's the most powerful thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ is he does not make anybody follow him. He never has and he never will. He makes the way. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. He who believes in me will have everlasting life. That's Jesus. Satan says, if you don't believe in me, the Antichrist says, if you don't believe in me, then you die. Look at the difference. And let, let me just throw something else in here this morning. How many give me three more minutes? Three, six, nine, twelve. Okay, that's all I need, twelve minutes. Let me just throw something else in here. I'm going I'm, to, if I don't make it, you know, if I'm not ready or this ain't true, I'll, 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 man, God will use me in the tribulation. Right now, the spirit of God that's in this place is strong, not just because God's presence here, 
but because it's embodied in all of us. The Bible says we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And where we walk, me and my wife were looking at, looking at this house, and there's, when we were looking at it, these, these people that lived there before had all these like, demonic video games and all that. And she said, we need to pray over that before we go in there. I said, honey, before we get to that house, those demons are running in seven directions. Amen. Amen. How many believe that we, we have that power and authority? I don't say that pridefully. Demons have to flee when we walk around because the spirit of God is inside of us. So when we come into this place, there's a couple hundred people filled with the Holy Spirit in this place. Devil can't do nothing in here. But when we get raptured, guess what goes with us? The Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit will still be on the earth, but he will not be in the body of Christ. So imagine what it's going to be like on this earth when there are no church, when there is no church. Praying and witnessing and interceding and holding back, you know, and keeping it from being worse. Because I preached a message a couple months ago. It would be worse if we weren't here. Y'all with me? Now watch this. He causes See, now it's cause. He causes, he forces by force all people, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand and on their forehead. In church, if you've never been here before, this is not metaphorical. This is an actual physical thing that will be placed in your hand or on your head, and people are already doing it. Sweden has it as their entire country. They just did, I just saw a thing not too long ago on, in Wisconsin where an entire company did it. They gave them a week to think about it. I don't know if they were going to fire him if they didn't, probably. But the lady said, I had a week to think about it, and I thought, no big deal. And then you see other things on Instagram where people go in the store, and they're so excited to buy with their hand. See, what has happened, and I'll never forget about 30 years ago, some of you might remember this, the first time I walked into a grocery store and they scanned that thing across the barcode. The moment I saw that, I said, that's the future right there. That's how the, that's how the, the Antichrist is going to control the world right there, that bar. And that was the Holy Spirit. But we got, you have those debit cards, and it's got a little chip in it. That's that. Now, we're not in the Mark of the Beast system yet, but the system is in place. Everything's ready. So it went from the card to the tap to the phone to now take the phone out and just put your hand. And, and I'll just throw this in as a free nugget if anybody cares. The reason I know without a doubt that it's not a metaphorical mark and it's a physical mark is one of the bowls of the judgment of God in Revelation 16. Read it later, please. Don't get distracted is that the people who have taken the mark will be, will be judged and have this nasty, sore, stinky thing in their hand or on their forehead from the mark. It'll be one of the judgments. You took the mark, pay for it. So that's a, it's a literal thing. That's all set up. Now, as I close, I want to tell you just real quick what's happening. There's going to be, for the first time in the world, a one-world government, a one-world religion, and a one-world currency. Maybe 20 years ago, we wouldn't have believed it. But see, the difference between today and 2,000 years ago when they thought Jesus was coming back is the things that are happening. See, 2,000 years ago, one man, like the Antichrist, could not have dominated the world. Do you realize that? It's impossible. You have to have technology. You have to be able to, now, when something's happening in China right now, we're getting the news before, before it even happens in China. Right? On some news feed, 
I mean, have you ever found out news from social media that someone else told you before you knew? That's the, that's the world we live in. One world government, listen to this if you don't believe this. The European Parliament, which is going to be part of the United Nations, has built a building just recently, very new, that is a replica of the Tower of Babel. It looks just like the Tower of Babel. Now, there is a conspiracy, and I do call, listen, I, there's hardly any conspiracies left, by the way. They're just theories. <laughs> They're not conspiracies anymore. But there is one, and I'm always very careful before I state it to say it, so I'm not going to say it, but I did read it, and it is possible, but I don't, I don't know if it's true, that one of the seats of the 700 and something seats in the parliament is the number 666, and that chair has never been sat in. Now, I don't, I've read conflicting things on that, but the fact that it's even possible is pretty amazing. That there is a seat in the parliament that no one's ever sat in that one day a man will sit in and he will take the world over. Okay? But on top of that, the United Nations, listen to what their goals are. It says on their website, it says their, they, their goals are to transform the world by 2030. That's seven years away. And to have a, a, a planet that is peaceful, prosperous, and partnered together. All together. So you've got all these government officials meeting on a daily basis, understanding that because of what's coming, they don't really know what's coming, we've got to come together. What do you think the rapture would do to that? How quickly do you think there'd have to be a one-world alliance when hundreds of millions of people disappear from the earth? Imagine what's going to happen to insurance when people are missing, when planes are crashing, cars are crashing, when people start going crazy because their kids are missing or their family members are missing. There's going to be so much violence on this earth. There's going to have to be somebody who's going to come along and bring the peace. But it's not that God wanted that to happen. It's, again, it's God saying, that's what you want, have it. God's always had a plan. Remember, I want to say something very important because I can see a cloud on someone's head. God wrote this book, and you might think, well, God planned all this. God knew it have to understand that. God knew it. Why would God do all this at the end of the book? And why? Because he knew it would happen. He wrote it because he knew it would happen. He's a God that is at the end of the parade and at the beginning of the parade and on top of the parade and above the parade. But he doesn't make it happen. He just knows it. It's very important to understand that. Okay? He gives us free will. The second one is one world religion. This might be the most amazing, most clear proof that we're at the pre-tribulation signs. I'm going to put a picture up of Abu Dhabi of something that we would have never ever imagined would happen. And the reason I chose this picture is because it has cranes and I want to show you that it's a literal physical building that was opened five months ago. This isn't a pre-tribulation sign. I don't know what is. On this, on this, in this building in Abu Dhabi is a mosque, a tabernacle for Jews, sorry, a synagogue and a Catholic cathedral. All three buildings on the same parking lot owned by the same people. So the three major religions of the world are meeting together. Where does that leave us? Just stop and ask yourself the question. Remember when Jesus said, you will be hated for my name's sake. 
See, you can go right there to that, those three buildings and you can walk through all three of them and you can wave to each other and you can say, we believe in the same God. God loves you. We believe in the same God. God loves you. God loves you. We, God, God is good. God is good all the time. You can do that in all three of those buildings because they all have the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But Jesus said, you'll be hated for my name's sake. When you say Jesus is the only way to get to heaven, that makes you a problem. Are y'all following me this morning? If we were to go there and street preach on that corner, and all we're doing is preaching the gospel. All we're doing is quoting Jesus' words. He said, if you're ashamed of me before man, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father that's in heaven. So you couldn't walk in there and keep your life and say, Jesus is the only way to be saved. See, that's what's going to be the difference in the tribulation. That Look at it now. Look where we're living now. You can talk about God. Am I right? Am I talking to anybody here? Talk about God all day long. You can say the word God all day long. You can say Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all day long. No problem. But when you say Jesus, that's when the demons begin to move. Am I preaching truth? One world religion. They're going to say, you ain't part of this system. Let me tell you something. When the rapture happens, and, the la and let me just throw the last one before I say this. The third one is the one world economy. The only way that the Antichrist can enforce this is you have your kid sick. You got those two precious, two or three, two bigger ones, little baby, sick. If they were to get sick and you went into the hospital today, those precious little babies, and you've had some health issues with them, we need to operate on your baby right now. Where's your QR code for the system? And you as a believer, we're not going to be here for this. I'm just giving you a hypothetical. I don't have it. Well, you... Your kid's going to die then. So he says it causes both great and small to, you can't buy, you can't sell, you can't go to the doctor, you can't do nothing. If you're not in the system, and you saw with COVID how that was controlled, it was just a test. So the one world, you, want, you, you can get people with their money, boy. Maybe they don't care about religion, they don't care about government, but don't touch my money. Your money could exist, your money could disappear tonight from the bank. And what are you going to do? You have to become part of the one world system. If you're going to eat and sleep, or eat and drink and live. And so, the last thing I'm going to say is when the rapture happens, which could be any day, you know what the government's going to do? I'm going to give you two parts of it. One, and I've been saying this for years. They're going to come on, and they're going to say, aliens took them. It's everything set up for that. I told you last year, if you weren't here for that message, 2022, they set a branch of the government to watch UFO investigations. You think that's an ex a coincidence? No. They don't know what's going on, but we do. They're going to come on and say, Area 51 was true. They told us if we ever said anything, they would come get us, blah, blah, blah. But not only are they going to say aliens took us, let me tell you something else they're going to say. They're going to say good riddance. Do you realize that? They're going to say those people, those stinking religious, whatever they're going to call us, those people that would not let us get along. Are y'all still here? Do you understand what I'm saying? 
They're gonna, the world is going to think that a, that a bowel movement happened. For reals. And we're gone. They're going to think we're the bowel movement. I'm sorry. That's the truth. They're going to look at us like, thank God. And they'll be saying God because they'll think the Antichrist. Thank God they're gone. Because you realize today we're the problem? Do you realize that? The true church is the problem. We can't have world peace because we say Jesus is the only way to heaven. But they're not going to say that at this, those three buildings. Just talk about God and you're good. It's coming soon. Get on the, wrong, get on the right side. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the sound of the trumpet will sound. The dead in Christ will rise first. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up into the air to be with the Lord. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then he says, comfort each other with these words. How would we comfort each other if, we, if what I just described to you is what we had to look forward to? And then the last one is Luke 21. Watch this. I'm going to put this up. Take heed. What do we need to do today, Pastor, to be ready? How do we take these signs? You take heed to yourselves. Lest your hearts be weighed down. Church, listen, this is not the time to backslide. This is not the time to play church. This is not the time to mess around with God. Listen, in the, in the, in the entire time, you know why I'm so excited about this? You know I'm taking a little bit longer today than I normally do? It's still only 1220. You know why? Because this is the fullest the church has ever been. Amen. I love that the church is so full to hear this message. People are coming back. Backslide, in the name of Jesus, backsliders are coming back. This ain't the time to backslide. This ain't the time to play games. This ain't time to, how do I fulfill my flesh? You know, what can I do to be? You need to get right with God. You need to repent. You need to turn. You need to say, God, is there anything that is weighing me down? Drunkenness, cares of this life, so that day won't come on you unexpectedly. Can you imagine being someone who's known the truth? And backslidden from the Lord and put yourself, in, put yourself in a position. God, don't do that. Put yourself in a position of rebellion and the rapture happen and you know where those people are. Do you know the Bible says in that same Matthew, men's hearts will fail them for fear. I'm going to tell you something. As much as I know and I've seen, if I missed the rapture, my heart would stop. My heart would stop. Because I would know. You know what I'm saying? I know too much. God, what is it? Search me. That should be every day because the rapture might happen next month or next year. But what if you die, your, breathe your last breath tonight? Are you ready to stand before a holy God? And if you say, yes, Jesus, I believe. I was talking to a guy at a bank this week who's got a Hindu dad and a Christian mom. And we were I was witnessing to him, and he was telling me things he knew about Hinduism and Christianity. And he was basically trying to tell me that we believe in the same God. And so at the end, I said, listen, with all due respect, with all respect to you and your father's faith, your mother's faith, I said, when you die, when you breathe your last breath, and he had an assistant sitting in there with him, both of you, when you die, what are you going to say to God? Because at the end of his spill, was we believe in Hinduism that if you're a good person and you do good things, 
and treat people right and blah, blah, blah. And I say, the scary thing is, is that's a balance. What if, what, you don't really know if you're going to be in heaven or not. What if you did a thousand good things and a thousand one bad? That's the way Islam is. It's the way Hinduism is. It's the way every religion that's ever existed is. Get to heaven on your good works. But God says, Jesus says, no one's good. All have fallen short of the glory of God. No one's worthy to come into my kingdom. But he who confesses his sin to me, I will be faithful and just to forgive them of their sins and cleanse them from all their unrighteousness and say, come on in to my heaven that I went to prepare a place for you because you're not here because of what you can do. You're here because of what I did. And that man had no rebuttal. He had nothing he could say back to me. I said, I want to leave you with that thought. What are you going to say when you stand before God? Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, ask yourself, today, am I ready? If the trumpet sounded right now, if Jesus came back in all his glory, I can't wait to see his face. I've been preaching this gospel for 30 years, and every day I say, Jesus, today could be the day. I want to see your face. I want to see the one who died for me. I want to meet you. I want to touch you. I want to hug you. I want to thank you for taking my place on that cross. Thank you, Jesus, that it's not because of my works or my family or my tradition it's because of the blood that you shed on the cross for me. And while I was still a sinner, you died for me. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve salvation. I don't deserve forgiveness. But you love me so much that while I was still a sinner, you died for me. And all across this place this morning and those that are listening online, do they know you, Lord? Do they know you? It's not enough to know about him. It's not enough to come to church. It's not enough to check the box. Do you believe in your heart? Do you believe in your, in your soul this morning? Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. Do you believe he died on the cross for your sins? Do you believe he rose from the dead? Is he the only reason you'll be saved? If you add anything else to the cross, there's no, there's no salvation. Your faith must be in Christ alone, the chief cornerstone. And I believe this morning there could be people here today that have never made the decision, never put their faith in Christ, never, never understood that it's not about religion, it's about relationship. It's about having our names written in the Lamb's book of life. Lord, your word has written everything out perfectly and everything you've said has come to pass. And this will be no different as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed. How many this morning could be honest with God? It doesn't matter what I know. It doesn't matter what I think. With God, are you ready to meet Jesus today? If you're not ready, just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, remember me today. I want to be saved. Just put your hand up all over this place. I need Jesus. I don't know him. I've never, I've never made that decision. I've never put my faith in Jesus. Just put it up and put it down. 
all over this place. Maybe you're here and you're backslidden, you're running, you're not in the right place. You've known him at some point, but today your life doesn't line up as you read the book of Revelation. And it talks about your works. And it talks about lukewarm. And it talks about the spirit of Jezebel and different things that get in our lives we need to deal with. Maybe you need to come back to your first love. I know what it is to be backslidden. I was backslidden when I got saved. I knew I, knew I wasn't right. I was on my way to hell. Maybe today you need to say, Lord, I'm coming back. I'm coming home. Just that's you. Just lift up your hand. Say, I need to come back to Jesus. Amen. If you're watching online this morning, if you're listening on the podcast, let's stand all over this place. This is always first and foremost, am I ready to meet Jesus? Am I ready for the rapture? You don't have to be afraid. You can be confident that Jesus is going to come for you. But there's nothing wrong with a little bit of holy fear. Because I know Jesus is going to come for me, and I know I'm ready, but I know I'm not worthy. So I keep my heart pure, and I stay on the altar, and I stay in prayer, and I stay asking God to forgive me. I say, Lord, keep, my, keep oil in my lamp. Because I know he's coming soon. And I, my goal is this, as the pastor of this church is that when Jesus comes, nobody, nobody will be left behind. Everybody be gone. But you know what? This church, I've said it for years, this church is going to see the greatest revival it's ever seen after we're gone. These chairs will be full of people who've heard the gospel over the years who've backslidden, who've denied, who've ran away, this church will be full. Someone will be preaching. It won't be me. I'll be gone. But there is going to be a great revival in the tribulation. But it's going to be people who don't know Jesus, not you. Amen? Don't be left behind. So this morning as we open up these altars, we're going to say a salvation prayer for those watching online. I want you to come with two, two thoughts. One is, Lord, check me. Test me. 1 Corinthians says, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Lord, if there's any attitudes, if there's any unforgiveness, if there's any sin I need to deal with, deal with that. Then, then I want you to turn it to, Lord, help me leave this place and go tell some people about this. Let me help, help me go tell my neighbors, my family members. Help me be a, a witness. There's a reason why he said all these things so we could tell the world this is coming. Everyone in here this morning say this with me. Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you came down from heaven just as your word prophesied. And you became the sacrificial lamb. Humbly, obediently, you died on the cross. You were beaten and mocked and blasphemed. And you took all that for me. So you could pay the price of my sin. And then after you died on the cross for me, to cover my sins, and you shed your blood, to wash me clean, you came out of the grave, and you defeated death, and you ascended into heaven. And right now you're at the right hand of the Father interceding for me and very soon 
you're coming back to take me home. I believe that. Please forgive me and please write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.